Kia ora and welcome to Beyond Consultation, a podcast that will help you in your public or community sector work to increase your impact by doing more than just ticking the box of consultation. I'm Paul McGregor from Business Lab, and we're interested in the mindsets and methods of people who are making a bigger impact by working collaboratively with communities, industries, and other organizations. Ma mihi mote Okay, I'm going to start with some numbers to put a bit of perspective on this conversation. Over your working lifetime, you are probably going to work somewhere around 90,000 hours. That's assuming that you start your working life at about age 21 and you retire at 65 and you work about 40 hours a week. Let's just take those as some numbers. 90,000 hours. So that's a lot of time. It's about 20% of your life, assuming you reach the average life expectancy that we've got here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I don't know about you, but putting that number on your working life makes me want to grab hold of every working hour and really make the most of it and make sure that I'm in work that I've got autonomy. I feel like I've got a bigger purpose that I'm working on and that I belong. It's that last aspect that we're going to unpack in today's podcast episode, the concept of belonging. Today's guest is somebody who helps organizations to take meaningful action on diversity and inclusion so that people can really feel like they belong at their workplace. Because people who belong, they want to stick around. They want to do good work. And the reason I wanted to invite her onto this show, Beyond Consultation, is because that work of going beyond consultation is hard. If people belong in their own organization, then they're going to be much more likely to help their community members to feel like they belong in their community. What I see is that organizations taking action on creating a workplace where their employees, where their staff belong... There's a really strong connection there with also being successful in engaging, collaborating with your community. Because the skills, the conversations, the things you learn about, they're going to cross-pollinate between both domains. What we unpack in our kōrero and our conversation today is what does belonging actually mean? And how do you take the first steps on that journey? You know, what if you're one person in an organization and you're looking around and you're not sure if you're going to have anyone who's going to support you in working on diversity, inclusion, belonging? Can you make a difference? Well, Zoe says, yes, you can. And she shares some really simple tips. And in fact, I came away with this feeling of ease that actually this stuff doesn't need to be complex doesn't need to be overcomplicated with too much jargon or complicated processes. It's just about having a conversation. How can we make this a workplace where everybody feels like they belong, where everyone does belong? So I loved how she broke that down. And I have to give a bit of a shout out to Zoe because we had our interview when she was 37 or 38 weeks pregnant. And having a newborn in our family, I've got a little bit of empathy for what it might be like to be 37, 38 weeks pregnant and even just getting out of breath in your conversation when you're speaking. So Ngā mihi Zoe. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. 
So please welcome to the show, Zoe Brownlee. I was looking back over your LinkedIn profile this morning and you've been involved in a lot of amazing things, you know, with the DHB, with community organizations, global ambassador for four-day work week, gender tech. And I guess I was kind of sort of trying to figure out what the golden thread through it all was. And it seemed to be about helping people to have a voice and feeling like they're heard and they belong in their workplace. I was interested, what do you think it was from your own experiences that made you interested in that? First of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I love talking about this kind of thing. I could talk about this kind of thing all day. So (laughs) thanks for giving me the platform. I guess I have been involved in quite a few things, but I like to be busy. And I always feel like I get FOMO about missing out on things in life. I always feel like there's so much more that I could be involved in and could be doing. So I guess it's good to step back and reflect and go, actually, I'm doing some cool stuff. I am involved in stuff. Yeah, from a personal well-being perspective, that's quite good, I guess. Yeah, because sometimes you're always looking to what's the next thing? What's my next step? Am I doing enough right now? And we forget that actually there's been a whole lot that's come past us. I heard someone this morning describe your CV as a list of all the things you don't want to do anymore. (laughs) I liked that. Yeah. Yeah, things you've ticked off. So I guess in terms of belonging and making people feel heard, yeah, that has been the kind of thread that has woven through Mm. everything that I've chosen to do. And because it all is a bit random and I don't have one of those CVs, which is like, right, I studied this and then I went and did this and then this, pressed onto this and don't now do they. So that's the the brilliant thing about work, I guess, these days where it's not like, okay, this is my job, this is my career, and I have to do it for the mm-hmm. rest. There's this opportunity, if you're lucky enough anyway, to go, actually, this could evolve into this and this and this, and maybe I could do this part-time and a bit of this on the side. So as I say, if you are lucky enough to have those opportunities and those choices, they're really mm-hmm at those options to feel a lot more fulfilled with your career and and what you do with your life Mm. more than you know 50 years ago or even just 10 years ago I think yeah 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 so so the belonging thing I guess from a young age I was just very interested in people I guess to go deep like the meaning of life and why people are here and knowing that life was sort of short and so what people chose to do with their life and also very aware that there were uh, a lot of inequities in life and that people were given different opportunities and from my world I sort of saw both people being given a lot of opportunities but then others not and just the kind of unfairness of that and Mm -hmm. the sense of people really deserve to be able to feel fulfilled with their life, have choices and do whatever they want to do as long as it's not hurting anyone else, but do whatever they want to do that will make them feel fulfilled. And I think 
that that's where my career has taken me in terms of belonging because people spend so much of their time at work mm. and they really deserve to be able to feel fulfilled to feel like they can bring their whole selves to work and for their workplace to not only accept them but to celebrate them as an individual and all the aspects of themselves that makes them them and mm. realize actually this is so beneficial for our organization or for the people we're working with or, or whatever it is that someone's doing but really feel like they want to go to work and if they're choosing or not choosing have to go to work that they mm. can at least feel some sort of fulfillment and feel like they can be themselves yeah mm. I'm hearing you're really driven by what you're seeing happening in other people's lives. And, you know, some people seem to start the race of life a hundred meters ahead and others are still tying up their shoelaces for reasons that have nothing to do with themselves, but just the situation or the environment or the culture or whatever that they're in. And so you're, you're kind of driven to create different environments for people at work so they can really feel like they belong in their workplace yeah yes exactly and, and, exactly and, and what was at the heart of the frustration for you that made you found all human I think it was kind of following on from what I've said of seeing a lot of organizations not treating people well or a lot of people going to work and not feeling fulfilled or feeling like they had to only show certain parts of them fit into this yeah. mold of this is who I am when I'm at work and mm. I'm be professional, whatever that means. Mm. And I can't bring my culture to work. I can't bring mm. sexuality to work. I can't bring my whanau to work. I've got to pretend like I exist as just this one person and have nothing else going on outside of me in this professional capacity yeah uh, and and that's not the reality for anyone even mm. people who are given you know handed a, a silver spoon and and have a lot of privileges in life life is life is hard at times for everyone right and people go through stuff it's all very different for different people and so to expect someone to be 100% and always just focused on their KPIs or whatever they needed mm. to do for their job is just not beneficial for that individual. It's not beneficial yeah. for individuals whānau outside of work and it's not beneficial for the organisation either because mm. they're going to get to a point where people are burnt out, where people are leaving, where people don't want to be there and don't speak mm. of their organization so I guess that's where starting all human came from because I was seeing all these examples of people not being able to be their selves at work mm. or just bringing certain elements of work and then I was seeing a lot of people struggling with their mental health or struggling with confidence or struggling with burnout and mm. feeling really like 
like they had to just keep wearing this mask and keep going because there was mm. no option. I also saw a lot of organizations on such a huge spectrum of how they were supporting their people. So some doing really brilliantly and others doing really badly and then a whole lot of them in between. And yes, some of the ones doing brilliantly did spend a lot of resource and money on making sure that they were treating their people well and, and fostering belonging, but others were doing it without much resource and still managed yeah. to create these amazing environments for their people and going, okay, well, there are opportunities here to do well and for organizations to do well, no matter how much money they have to spend in this space. And yeah. so as well as that, actually spending some money on this space is not only good for the individual, but it will improve profit for an organization if one of their objectives is to make profit or it'll improve productivity or it will improve mm. innovation. So it mm. is not just like, oh, we should do this for our people because it's the right thing to do or because it's a nice thing to do. Actually, it makes total business no matter what organization. Yeah. Yeah. You know it is so there's just a huge space for improvement and it's a win-win for everyone there's just no downside to it. <laughs> there's a couple of things to unpack on what you were talking about there because mm -hmm. you started by talking about the situation where people are at work and they don't feel like they can bring all of themselves to work all the different aspects of themselves and what do you think it is that makes us think we can't bring ourselves to work? I think it's from this old school traditional model of your work and your other life or home life are two very separate things and that people who don't act and look and behave in a certain way at work will not do well and it, it's a complete lie mm -hmm. and I think it's just this very old school model of what the workplace used to look like and also thinking about Aotearoa thinking back to workplaces where a lot of them are set up by and for older Pākehā men and so there's this model of this is what works for older Pākehā men, which it totally doesn't, but <laughs> works for them a little bit more. <laughs> than everyone else, yeah. Yeah. And also that the home wasn't really their responsibility. So it's sort of this very old school model, which is hates mm. work and home and everything else in someone else's life. Mm. Just to be honest, it's similar to lots of models that we still use i mean the education model the health model like a lot of models which are are such huge models to change and there is progress and there is change but it's very slow so it is just still based on this very old-fashioned model that maybe worked for a few people 50 100 years ago but mm. really doesn't anymore Mm. And I think we face the same kind of ways of thinking in our work. So organizations thinking, oh, we don't really need to engage with that community because 
we're the organization and we hold the power here and it's our job to make these decisions and do these things. So that works for us. So that's fine. We're going to get on and do it. And I think it's yes. kind of a similar belief underneath it that causes that to happen. Yes. And I think on that point as well, we still live in a world where a lot of organizations are run by not much diversity. And so people in those positions of power and privilege don't empathize or can't empathize with people that might not be like them. Mm -hmm. And so go, okay, this is okay for me. So it must be okay for everyone else and not really mm. going further than that. But, but we're and actually can, at can this I stage just jump now, in and, yeah, and ask yeah, a sure. question though? Because, so, you know, I think whenever we're talking about power and privilege and essentially, you know, what some people call the pale, male, stale, that language and that conversation can feel like an attack to people who are mm -hmm. in those positions. So mm -hmm. what do you think is helpful to kind of have that conversation in a way that doesn't make people in those positions feel like, oh, this is... Totally. And I steer clear of the pale male and stale kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, wording because I... I yeah, it's not helpful for that's anyone. It's not helpful. Yeah. No one should feel attacked. There's places for everyone in our society because we are all human and part of society and I think you want to be bringing people into this conversation rather than pull out or making people yeah act or like you're the, the enemy fault. and we're yeah, the victims exactly. yeah exactly so it's more around conversations like how can we work together what are the benefits of everyone working together what are the benefits of diversity and inclusion why it's important to go okay, we all are different. We all have our stories that have brought us to where we are right now. And we all have experiences that are going to influence our ways of thinking and our ways of working. But why is it important to build up empathy and be able to see, maybe not completely understand what it feels like to be in someone else's shoes, but at least understand why it's important to listen to other people's opinions and thoughts and stories and experiences because it's not only the right thing to do but if you're in business it's going to be good for your business no matter what its objectives are so mm. I, yeah I think that's a really good point that it's not about attacking people it's not about going okay if you're Pakia you have done bad stuff or male you've done bad stuff or if you're uh, heterosexual you've done bad stuff it's not about going us and them it's about we're all human we all have different experiences we can all benefit from understanding and empathizing with each other and let's have conversations around that and mm. hear stories from different people so we can all benefit and all work together Mm. what I'm hearing underneath there is kind of that value of whanongatanga yes you know, building relationships sharing stories understanding how we connect to each other how we don't yeah and I've seen in some places you've put the word belong in brackets whanongatanga can you explain what your thinking was there well yeah so I think that whakawhanongatanga or building those relationships and really not just the relationships in a kind of Pākehā sense of I know you, you know me now, so now we can 
collaborate on this piece of work, but really, really understanding, okay, I know what your job title is and I know maybe a little bit about what you've done in your career or I know that you've got kids or you don't or that you like basketball or you don't or whatever it is, mm. but it's getting even deeper than that and going, I know a little bit more about you. I know what makes you tick. I know your sort of story in life. I maybe know a little bit about your ancestry. I know a bit more around what we have in common and what we don't have in common. And I'm in a place where I feel like I can be myself in front of you and you'll accept me and vice versa. And that will take us to a place where we can really build a relationship that is going to be long lasting and beneficial to us and to our communities around us. And that is what will create belonging. And that is what is gonna create belonging, not only for us too, or whoever is building that, mm. everyone around us as well. And it will kind of seep into the crevices of, of all <laughs> places around us and really change the culture because at the end of the day, I think it belonging is really quite simple. It is building those relationships at a deep and meaningful level so that people feel comfortable and accepted and respected. And then that can just work wonders in, in any sort of environment to, to whatever people want to do and achieve. I'm interested that you use the word belonging rather than inclusion or diversity or equity or mm -hmm. I don't know, another term. What, why to you is that such a helpful term? I think that I, I love all those words, <laughs> but I think belonging really, I, I think those other words can mean different things for different people. And I think some of them, can be relate to sort of a bit of a tick box exercise. I think some of them people are put off a little bit by the term equity sometimes. Mm. I love it, but I think some people can be. I think that for a lot of reasons I use belonging, I think people can relate to it a lot more because everyone can think of a time where they felt like they belong or where they felt like mm. they belong. And so it really connects with people it feels like much more of an emotive word that people can connect with I think it also go slightly further than diversity equity and inclusion because you know you can have a diverse group of people you can put in place things to create equity you can include people but belonging is this mm. kind of step further I like the analogy that people sometimes use and it says it's a, around a party, right? So it's like diversity is, diversity is, I'm going to forget it now, but <laughs> being invited to a party, inclusion is being asked what song you want to hear being played, but belonging is around creating this party together, which is going to be a party that everyone creates and enjoys as much as everyone else and I think belonging is more about really feeling like you are part of something mm. 
And what I also think is the best way to create belonging is around co-creation and really involving people in developing an organization or even starting things within an organization again from the beginning so that mm. people really are part of those foundational ways of how things look. So what I'm hearing, inclusion, diversity, they're the inputs and then belonging is the outcome of yeah. that. I can imagine you must have some kind of goosebump moments in your work, right? When you, maybe you go into an organization and someone's invited you in, but there's got to be people who are a bit skeptical. And then through whatever process you run, there's this aha moment or this moment of real warmth when you've got goosebumps on your arms. Is that sort of something that happens? Is it like that? Or is it more just this gradual thing? No, that 100% happens. Yeah, Um, yeah, like it's different for each organisation. A lot of organisations will get all human to work with them because there is one person who understands the importance of it. And then a whole lot of other people within the organisation, whether it's at the exec leadership team level or on the board or at any level in the organisation who, yeah, think it's a load of rubbish or <laughs> that. And that's fine because it usually just takes one person within an organisation. Right. Often okay. they work in people and culture or yeah. often they are one person on the board who has a loud voice who can influence and help to create change because and I say it often only takes one person but they have to be in a position where they can influence and have a voice but I say it only takes one person often because it's that one person who will bring in consultants or will start a program of work themselves or will champion that voice that can then influence others so although it sometimes often starts with one person if they have a voice they can then really influence others Mm. a lot of the time we get asked how this will impact financially and that's fine too because Mm. I think you know reality is that although I would love to see a world that didn't work this way money runs a lot of our organizations and Mm of a lot of our organizations is to make money. Is there a direct connection between belonging and an organization's performance? I'm glad you asked that, Paul. <laughs> I'm hoping there really? is, yeah. <laughs> so yes, 100%. That's why belonging is such a great thing because It is the right thing to do. It can have a wonderful impact on society and our communities and our country and the world, but it also benefits businesses financially. So so businesses that do put in some resource to creating and fostering belonging within their organization see increased profit. They see increased productivity. They see increased innovation their their people take less sick days so that obviously boosts profit their people speak more positively about their organization so they then talk to their friends and whanau and communities around what a wonderful place it is to mm. work 
which then influences recruitment within to the organization. Mm. So there are many ways in which organizations benefit financially, as well as being able to feel good because it's the right thing to do and it makes mm. feel fulfilled and happy and mm. that spreads out into their communities and society. What about the situation where you make this commitment to belonging, diversity, inclusion, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the organization sets up a group of people who are going to champion that and gets into the work. And then after, a, I don't know, a year or something, they sort of look around and go, oh, this is, this is taking too much time and there's too much personal stuff coming up at work and it's distracting people. And the reason why I kind of put that to you, you know, there's been an interesting situation with a software company in the US called Basecamp, where they, yeah, you're nodding your head, so you've seen the news around that. And that was a situation that happened for them. And then the owners of the company have gone, oh, no, look, this is too hard. We want to shut that, that conversation right back down and just get people focused on work again. What do you think kind of contributes to that? And how do we avoid those kinds of situations? Yeah, sure. So that is an interesting scenario because the organizations that I've worked with in New Zealand, that's never happened. They've, they've <laughs> ever seen a um, positive side of it. And But in saying that, I completely understand, especially sort of during and, and post-COVID, where however you want to see where we are mm. at the moment, that attitude you can see it in the workplace of we need to just focus on getting these numbers sorted because Mm. otherwise our our organization is going to suffer so what would I say to that I mean I guess number one it is absolutely beneficial to continue with the work and even if there are moments where it's like okay we're down to not much resource left because we've been impacted by COVID or impacted by whatever, mm-hmm. still putting that resource in, even if it's just a small amount, is financially beneficial as well as personally beneficial for everyone. The other thing that I would say is that there are organizations doing work around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging that doesn't take up a huge amount of time or doesn't take up a huge amount of resource. So Hmm. some organizations are able to put in a lot of resource and, you know, win awards in this space and be known as the leaders. But Hmm. there's a lot of other organizations who are still doing great work in the space, but it's just a small part of someone's role or it's a small part of a whole lot of people's roles but Mm -hmm. it does take up a lot of time and they're not having to put in a lot of resource around it so there are very simple things that organizations can do Mm, okay what kind of things are we talking about what do you think are the smallest things that organizations can do that often you see having the biggest impact yeah cool so I think the number one biggest thing that organizations can do is talk to their people and ask their people what what creates belonging for you? When do you feel like you belong? If you could create your dream workplace in terms of feeling 
you were accepted and celebrated what would that look like and mm. like that really don't take a lot of time mm. um, people for their ideas is beneficial because then you get their feedback but also you empower them because they feel like oh I'm being listened to my voice mm. is which is such a step in terms of creating belonging anyway so absolutely involving your people in creating a, a different culture mm. so just asking them the question yeah yeah just asking them yeah. yeah and then there are other little things like similar to that just asking people how they are it doesn't have to be a we're going to put in this whole big support service for you that's going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars it's just mm creating this culture of I'm going to take 10 seconds mm. ask how you are to maybe acknowledge that I know you've got a sick child or I know that you've got a sick auntie or I know that you had this happening in the weekend and so you might be slightly distracted so it's just taking those few moments to ask how someone is and then listening, and you don't need to do anything about it, but listening mm. for answer, giving them a little bit of space to answer, mm. those types of things that if someone feels heard, no matter whether it's just asking them how they are or asking them what they did in the weekend or asking them for feedback on a project or an initiative or around belonging, they feel heard and that mm. has a massive impact on how how, mm. how they feel like they belong mm. and you're making me think back to my time working at the ministry of justice and i think i had something like six managers in the space of three years and so it was, mm. it was a really good learning experience because each of them had the, had a really different style and one of the my probably my favorite manager the one thing they did really regularly you know at, every two or three days was they just popped around all of our desks and just, oh, how are you doing? And just ask yeah. that question. And I think we had a really good sense in our team that we kind of felt like we belonged with each other because we were just, we felt like someone cared every day, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't take much time. It really doesn't take much money. Mm. And just to be acknowledged that I'm a human and I'm not just a robot here to do my job. Mm. It has a massive impact. Mm. So Zoe, for people who are listening and they're, they're kind of interested, yeah, how do we start taking the first steps on that? And particularly, I want you to think of organizations who might be going, that's important, but you know, we're a cash-strapped nonprofit or we're a council that is being told don't do spend any more money on anything by our yeah. ratepayers. You know, how can they take some first steps if they're a little bit resource strapped? So similar to the things that we've already talked about, there are little steps that people can take in terms of talking to their people already in the organization around how are you today, around what do you think about this project that we're considering you know running or and I think this is the key one which if someone just wants one thing to do it's asking if we did anything how could we positively impact and foster belonging within this organization so really asking people 
And then what, I mean, it's different for different organisations, but what organisations usually find is it's about people feeling heard. It's about people being able to see themselves within the organisation. So seeing, seeing how their culture or how who they are is reflected within what the organization does and, and how it operates and who's sitting within the organization at all the different levels. It's around people feeling like they know what their purpose in the organization is. And that doesn't have to be, you know, the purpose is to change the world or make millions of dollars. It can be a really small purpose, but people being very clear that they know what that is and that they are supported to be able to reach that by their teams and their, their people leaders. So it really is asking people mm. what they think, giving them a voice. And then it's just those natural human needs of feeling like you're part of something feeling like you're part of a community whether that's communities you know five people big or five thousand people big and feeling like your voice matters and not to get all mushy and happy but feeling loved in some way you know like feeling mm. like you're part of something and that there is love there or there is at mm. least respect and affection in a way that is mm. appropriate for work mm. and that's yeah. a basic human need is to yes. love and to be loved yeah exactly sometimes exactly. we get embarrassed using the that word in a work context but yes that's a, that's but true. i am hearing it more and more even right. of people who maybe wouldn't expect to hear <laughs> okay the, the word love and and feeling like how can we create love and share love and feel loved at work is being used more and more. So it's an exciting time to be thinking about how organizations can create this. And if you're in an organization, how you can create it and what the future is going to look like and how that word love and what we're going to see in organizations in two or three or five years. Mm. Oh, that's a, Enough to keep you out of trouble for a lifetime, I think, Zoe. Totally, yeah. <laughs> hey, before I let you go, I would love to just change tack and ask you about something, which is the four-day working week. So we've had discussions in our own workplace about mm -hmm. that and you know why we might do it and when and how. And You're a global ambassador for the four-day work week. What mm -hmm. drew you to that? Why do you think that's important? Well, I'm a big fan of people making work work for them so having the flexibility of working when works for them and this all feeds back into belonging really it's about acknowledging that we're all human we've all got lives outside of work and maybe working nine to five five days a week is not going to suit whatever else we want to do or have to do outside of work so it's really around going okay what's going to work for you when's going to work for you i know that just because you're in an office nine to five five days a week doesn't mean that you're any more productive than if you're mm. working from home or from wherever three days a week and that you're working you know nine to 12 and then 
5 till 9 p.m. at night. So there's so a lot of research is coming out to show that actually people are a lot more productive mm. if they get to have that flexibility around mm. work-life balance. And so it's it's really just about acknowledging that we're all human and we've all got a whole lot of other stuff going on. And there don't need to be these rules in place because we're all different and we all have different needs. So actually going, okay, you work better here, you work better here. Mm. As long as there is space for that whakapanaungatanga and building those relationships and continuing to build them within a team. And so there's that time where if you're working as part of a team, it is going to be where most people or everyone is working. So mm. communication. But apart from that, all research is now showing that let people work what works for them. Yeah. We can... Mm out what works but we're all also different so we need different things and just playing to the strengths of people rather than going these are the rules yeah which doesn't work so then what i'm hearing is the four-day work week can be a bit of a trojan horse you put that in oh hey what about this four-day work week and then woof, that can open up a much bigger discussion about how and when do we work together to make good exactly. stuff exactly Exactly. The four-day week is a sort of title for a whole lot of different ways of working, which just mm. knowledge and benefit individuals and organisations. Mm. Well, Zoe, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I've got a much better perspective from you about this idea of belonging and you know, that's the outcome that you can work towards in your organisation. I've also taken away some things that I think we, we might have to have a chat about in our own team. So thank you cool. for sharing your thoughts. Pleasure, pleasure. And if people want to learn more, what's the best place to find out more about you and All Human? Yeah, so they can go to allhuman.co.nz or they can email me on zoe at allhuman.co.nz or they can find me on LinkedIn. You know, it's cool. 2021. Yeah. So <laughs> whatever works for people, really. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Consultation podcast. What did you learn from the show? What should we have talked about? Who else should I interview? I would love to hear your feedback. And if you want to learn more about what you heard today, everything from the show is at www.businesslab.co.nz slash podcast. If this episode has left you with a burning question, please feel free to submit a voice message through the link on our podcast page. We can then ask that question of a guest in a future episode. Or tag me in a post on LinkedIn or Facebook and I can point you in the right direction. If you want to know when we release new episodes, make it easier for yourself and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Again, thank you for listening. Nga mihi mo te whakaronga.